Welcome to the Binge Eating to Food Freedom podcast with Katie Papo. Our mission is to share the simplest and most peaceful system for food freedom in the world with people who suffer from binge eating, food addiction, and compulsive overeating. We are here to show that with the right strategy and support, any committed, coachable, and resourceful individual can feel peaceful and free with food. Hello, hello, and welcome to another podcast episode. I am Katie Papo, and today we are going to be talking about what normal eating looks like and exploring some of the myths that are perpetuated um, around normal eating. So that way in your own life, you can start to see what patterns am I personally experiencing and what patterns do I actually want to cultivate? And then we can bridge that gap between point A and point B. So let's just dive right in. And of course, if you're listening live, let me know you're here, say hello. Um, okay, so something to understand as we're kind of going into this topic of normal eating. For the first thing I want to say is I'm using the phrase normal eating, right? So you get the essence of what I mean, but I don't always love to use the word normal. And sometimes you guys know I'll use certain words just to get the essence of what I'm trying to say across. Um, but I like to let you know that that if we were to look at what normal really is, right, we can we can say there's many varieties of normal. There's no one right or wrong way to be. So I just want to make that clear. Um, the essence of what I'm getting at when I say normal eater, I think it would be more accurate to say peaceful eater or effortless eater, right? But because that's what's really you know, given the work we do and our overall philosophy, that would be a more aligned word. But we all talk and hear about people saying, oh, I just want to be normal. So I'm using that word. Um, but I just want you guys to know that what I really mean by that is peaceful eating, calm eating, relaxed eating, effortless eating. Does that does that make sense? So so I might use, you know, peaceful eating, normal eating. I might use those things interchangeably. And I hope I'm. it's obvious that I'm not saying there's only one way to be normal. Um, so that being said, let's talk about, first of all, why it's important to understand what normal eating actually looks like. Because I've, I've found that a lot of people who are in a, a dis, the, the brain of disordered eating don't actually know what normal eating can look like um, and have an idea and these myths around what normal eating actually is and then are frustrated when they can't meet up to that. So, so what I thought we would do today, I came up with four myths that are that I see that are very common and we'll go through all four and then we'll kind of flip those myths around and see what the truth behind normal eating could actually look like for you. Um, so let's dive into that. So, so in order to understand, right, in order to get to that place where, where we want to be a normal eater, we need to understand the brain of a normal eater, because if you're, if your eating is out of control and you really want to become a normal eater, what do we need to do? We need to understand how to think like one. Um, so let's go into these myths right now. Okay. So myth number one, let me put it on the screen so you guys can see. Myth number one is that normal eaters only desire healthy food. So um, the truth of this is, is that peaceful eaters or normal eaters enjoy wide varieties of food. 
Whereas people who are more diet focused tend to have a much more narrow perspective on what's healthy because it's on this plan and this and this and this. Whereas people who are normal eaters tend to eat a lot more diverse uh, different types of food. Some of them might be you know, more health oriented. Some of them might not be. Some of them might be more geared toward, you know, feeling good. Some might be purely for pleasure. Um, and, you know, even within the realm of nutrition, we know that there's so much controversy over what's healthy, what's not, et cetera. But the bottom line is that um, when you have a peaceful relationship with food, you're very, you're, you're more open, right, to, to different varieties, different types of food, trying new things, trying new recipes. And I know a lot of people, you know, have that, like, we like food, right? Food is fun. So, so if you're eating normally, that doesn't mean that the fun is taken out of food. In fact, I find that the less I have an eating disorder, the more fun I do have with food. Um, and this is what we see across the board all the time, even though there's that that um, sometimes a subconscious belief, right, from someone who has an eating disorder that, oh, if I were to give up, you know, binge eating, that means I have to give up all of the foods that I really like, and then I'm just stuck on healthy foods forever or diet foods forever. Um, whereas in reality, when you're more open and, and you, you have less of a, you know, a fixed plan that you need to stick to, you can actually try lots of different things, lots of different cuisines, lots of recipes. Um, and I've found personally, and we see it with our clients too, that the more free you are, the more abundance you actually do feel around food. So that's myth number one, is that normal eaters desire healthy food, whereas in reality, there's a wide variety of foods that you can enjoy, and there's really no rules around that. Um, so let's go into myth number two. Myth number two is that normal eaters eat for fuel and not pleasure. And this we talked about just the other day, right? We talked about this, I think, Monday or last week. So I won't go too much into this because you guys can see we have a whole podcast episode very recently just about this. I've actually talked about this topic more than once. But the truth behind this myth, right, is that peaceful eaters or normal eaters enjoy eating for fuel and pleasure. Not only that, but when we eat for fuel, it feels good. And then we get more pleasure out of the food. Hunger, you guys have heard me say this probably, hunger is the best sauce. Whereas a lot of diets promote, oh, you shouldn't get hungry because then you'll feel out of control. Hunger is the main body cue to eat. If you're going against that, you are actively going against your body. You are actively overriding body signals. The more you do that, the more the body says, what the heck is going on here? The more it holds on to fat, the more the metabolism gets messed up, the more resistant it gets. So, so to say that, um, to say that we can't, we can't eat, um, because of hunger or because of, because of, because it feels good to eat when we're hungry, that's totally outside of, of normal eating. That is completely in the diet realm where you're totally overriding body signals. So it's not to say that you can only get pleasure from food when you eat from, for, for fuel, right? Because when we eat, we get different types of pleasure. We get body pleasure, like that feeling of being satisfied or being grounded after we've eaten something. We can also get mouth pleasure, like the taste buds are enjoying it. So the idea is that normal eaters for lack of that better word of normal, normal eaters eat for fuel and pleasure. They get pleasure from eating. And the more pleasure that you actually can get from your food, the more satisfied you will feel 
the more satisfied you feel, the less you will binge, right? Because we binge, right? When we, when we don't feel satisfied, when we need to fill that up, Ooh, almost knocked my computer down. So, so peaceful eaters or normal eaters enjoy eating for fuel and pleasure. And to learn more about that and to hear me talk deeper about that, like I said, there's definitely many more, many more talks and posts that I've written about this topic as well. So let's go into myth number three. Myth number three, this is a common one that I've seen, that normal eaters don't have cravings. So to a degree, we could argue this is somewhat true, not that normal eaters don't have cravings, but they don't have as many. Now, if you've been struggling with binge eating because you've been dieting for a long period of time, or you've been on and off of diets, right, you're actively fueling um cravings, right? Because the more you deprive yourself, the more you crave. So so it's so it's not that normal eaters are actively fueling cravings, but that doesn't mean that normal eaters don't experience cravings. And if we were to look at more of the truth side of this, right? Not that there's only one truth, but a truth is that normal or peaceful eaters can totally experience cravings for a number of natural reasons. Cravings are actually normal. The difference between disordered, uh, disordered mind around food and a peaceful mind around food and cravings is that normal eaters, peaceful e eaters do not see cravings as something to fear or something to avoid or something to actively dread, like, oh, tonight I'm gonna have a craving and then, then it's gonna turn into a binge and then it's gonna spiral. So that's the, I would say that's the biggest difference when it comes to cravings is that peaceful eaters do experience cravings for whatever reason, we can go into what some of those reasons are, but they don't see the cravings as something to fear, as something to avoid or something to dread. So. Not only that, but we can actually see cravings as something even in a more positive light. We can see them as messengers, right? So normal eaters or peaceful eaters or people who are generally in tune with their body, they can use their cravings to for, for, for their advantage, okay? So treating them as messengers to help understand what's actually needed in the moment. Um, this is something, um, let me give you some examples of this, but I'll just share that this is something I've talked about before in our live streams as well. This is also the essence of all of phase three of our private immersion program that you guys hear me talk about sometimes. This is like the main focus of phase three um, is dealing with different types of cravings, non-hunger cravings, all those sorts of things. Um, and this is where we teach our clients to learn to receive messages from their non-hunger cravings. So just to give you guys some examples, if you're experiencing a craving, first of all, it could be because you're actually hungry, right? If you haven't eaten and then you have a craving to eat, that is a pretty normal biological process, right? But let's say there's a non-hunger craving that comes up. Let's say you get home from work and you're just craving sugar right? A lot of times we see that when we crave sugar, really what we're craving is fuel or energy or rest, right? Um, so that we, we have more energy ultimately. So, so if you can, for example, let's say you were in that situation, tune in with your body, see that you're not really hungry, but also see, oh, 
this is not a craving that's here to take me down. This is not a craving. This is not the enemy. Instead, this is a messenger. It's letting me know through my body that I need something, that there's something I need that I don't have. So it might be rest, right? It's showing that the body is craving something. And if we're used to always craving food, we'll go right to food. But if we stop and we actually pay attention, it might be, hey, I'm really tired from work today and I need energy. So let me rest. Let me take a nap. Let me rejuvenate myself with a walk outside. And it's not about just randomly picking, oh, I have a craving. So let me take a bath and that will distract me or let me call a friend and that will distract me. No, that's still, uh, we put that still under the avoidance category, the disordered eating category, because you're basically trying to avoid a craving, not feel it, not think about it by distracting yourself with something else. Whereas what I'm talking about here, when you're in tune and you're paying attention, um, and in your, you're in that parasympathetic calm state that we talk about where you can where you can um, make sense of what's going on, then you can use your craving as a messenger and think, oh, or feel, I should say feel, not think, feel, oh, this is what I need. I just, I'm, I'm tired and I need rest, or I'm thirsty and I need water, or I'm I've been cooped up in the house all day and I'm just looking for something interesting. Maybe I'll go outside. So it's it's not about just choosing some random distraction and having a list like, oh, I should take a bath or call a friend or, you know, um, take a walk or whatever it is. Instead, it's about paying attention to what is the craving actually telling you? What do you actually need in that moment? So it's about not, not avoiding the craving, but it's actually about leaning into it and being like, ah, yes, tell me more. So that way I can take care of myself. Does that make sense? So, so normal eaters definitely can have cravings for any number of reasons. Could be an emotional reason, could be an, an energy reason, like just being low energy, could be um, a hunger reason could be any number of reasons, but the bottom line is normal eaters absolutely do experience cravings. I still experience cravings from time to time, much less now that I'm not um, restricting myself anymore because I'm not actively fueling cravings, but I still can experience natural cravings. Um, but it's no longer something that I'm afraid of or dread or even think too much about because I know that I can just use them to my benefit. And it's just natural for me now that I've practiced it so much. Um, and that's the key here. Remember, you guys always hear me say practice is 99%. This is where you can get to be when you practice this, when cravings come. Um, very doable for anyone. Even if you've been struggling for years, you can do this. Um, it's within you. You've always had this skill since you were born. Um, okay. Shall we go on to myth number four, our final myth of the day? Um, so this myth is about emotional eating. And it's this concept that somehow normal eaters do not eat emotionally. Only people with eating disorders eat emotionally. And if this were true, okay, then we wouldn't be seeing in all these rom-coms <laughs> that the scene after the breakup in these movies, right? In these romantic comedies where there's always a breakup of some kind, then you see the girl laying in her bed, eating ice cream, watching TV and crying, right? So, so if, if normal eaters didn't experience emotional eating sometimes, then this scene would make no sense. It wouldn't be relatable to anyone. The reason why it's relatable to people is because they're, on some level, everyone has eaten emotionally. Okay, I don't want to make generalizations and say everyone, but I think it's very safe to say that the majority of people have at some point experienced 
um, emotional eating, eating for comfort. Um, so, so it's important to understand that when you're a normal eater or a peaceful eater, right, you're still a person <laughs> and you're a human being and food is a comfort for human beings. And since we were, you know, born and breastfeeding or drinking from bottles, food was our comfort back then, right? We would cry and then we would be fed, hopefully. Um, so, so since birth, food has been a comfort for us, right? And it's important that we acknowledge that and then we accept that. Um, food in that sense can represent safety. It can represent certainty, um, which a lot of us, you know, are craving, especially during times like these. It can represent comfort. It represents security. It represents grounding. It has been a staple since you were a baby. It has been a staple in your life. So it is totally natural for anyone to turn to food in a moment of distress. But the difference, right, between someone who's a more normal eater versus someone who has a more disordered relationship with food is that if a peaceful eater, a normal eater has the moment and overeats, right, and they feel overfull from eating too much, then they just acknowledge it, right? And then they move on and they just wait to eat until it feels good to eat again. They just wait till they're hungry and then they eat and it's back to normal. So whereas someone with a more disordered relationship with food then starts to obsess, oh my gosh, I'm feeling emotional. I need food to cope, right? We don't say these things, but we go through the motions. Now I'm going to eat food to cope. Oh, now I'm the worst because I did that and I didn't just handle my emotions like a normal person. Now I've been, now I might as well just eat the rest today and start again tomorrow, right? It turns into something so much bigger than just, oh, I ate mindlessly or, oop, I ate emotionally. That didn't feel good. Oh, well, moving on. And, you know, I'll just, eat when I'm hungry again. <laughs> and, you know, that's it. Or I'll be more aware next time. But there's no, um, there's no ruminating over it. And there's no turning it into a whole downward spiral. So it's not that normal eaters don't ever eat emotionally. It is a normal thing to sometimes eat mindlessly or to sometimes eat for emotional reasons. Um, but at the same time, there's no excess mental energy going into it beyond that. So in other words, even if like, let's say I were to eat overeat and experience over fullness and I wake up the next day and I'm like, Oh, I feel sluggish. I ate too much. Right. At that point, I'm not saying, Oh my God, I ruined it. I ruined everything. Might as well screw today and just start after the weekend and start again on Monday. Like I'm not even going there. It's just, Ooh, that doesn't feel good. Okay, well, I'll feel better later, I'm sure. Maybe I'll go for a walk this morning or do something that will make me feel better. So it's not about, so there's no rumination and there's no self-hate. It's just, oops, made a mistake. That didn't feel good. Noted, moving on. Um, so it's about, for me, what I've noticed, the change within myself having gone through that shift it's even if I feel some pain or a little bit of suffering from overeating from time to time, I'm not adding suffering or drama to the suffering, right? I'm not adding suffering on top of already the discomfort that I have. Instead, I'm adding compassion or kindness or something that 
can help me feel better in that moment. So maybe I'll wake up that morning and go for a walk to get my digestion moving again, just to feel less sluggish. So it's more of a solution oriented mindset or just observing like, oh, this is the sensations, but I'm not here to judge myself about it. I'm just here to move on and let it go. And when we don't carry that fear and add suffering and add drama, then what ends up happening is we just experience the experience for what it is. And it's so much easier then to just move on and let it go. So, um, and, and not only that, if we were to take that to an even higher level, let me just remove this from the screen. If we were to take that to an even higher level, um, normal peaceful eaters can also use the, that experience as a message that they are in need of some comfort and then practice giving themselves what they need beyond food. Does that make sense? That's like, again, in a, a way how we can like use that experience to ask ourselves, what is it that I really need right now? What am I not giving myself? So notice how one of the major differences between normal eaters or people who have a more disordered relationship with food, right? Normal eaters, they don't carry this diet mentality. They're not constantly thinking about what they can or can't eat or how much. Um, and therefore, they're not feeling deprived. And that's a really important key to understand because people who aren't deprived of food do not obsess about food. I'm just gonna repeat that because that's an important key. People who are not deprived of food do not obsess about food. So if you're depriving yourself through whatever um, diet plan or food rules that you've been giving yourself, right? It's going to be natural to then obsess about food. You're creating that loop for yourself. You have the control to create that loop. If you, if you want to obsess about food, you know, tell yourself you can't have it and then you will obsess over it. Um, so if you don't want to, right, then we need to allow ourselves to eat and to eat, to eat when we, when we feel like we need to eat and not deprive ourselves. Um, then we won't get obsessive. So when you know that you can have food whenever you want it, right, there's no urgency or emergency that the brain or the body has to go through now, right? You don't, fe you don't feel the need to binge because there's no scarcity, because there's no restriction. You're not fueling binges with those things. Binges are, can be fueled, right, by certain things. Scarcity, restriction, telling yourself you cannot have something, that is a major, major trigger for binges. Um, so really, if we were to look at, okay, how can I truly embrace the attitude of a normal eater, peaceful eater, whatever you want to call it, that means letting go, first of all, of the diet mentality. We have lots of resources for this about the diet mentality and about letting it go. And once you've released right, the diet mentality and you've embraced that your new reality is you're evolving as a normal eater, you're evolving as a peaceful eater, your relationship with food is becoming more and more relaxed, then food is no longer a compulsion. It's no longer an addiction and it's no longer an obsession because you're letting yourself have it. You have enough. And also you're not adding suffering. You're not adding drama. You're not adding stories on top of what's happening. You're just allowing the experience to be the experience and taking the experience for what it is and learning from that experience. Um, and this is, this is what allows you to enjoy food and for it to feel good 
and to be able to let it go when it's not the thing that's going to serve you in that moment. Um, and this is what we teach. So, so we have lots of other, like I said, resources about this. Um, we have a free training that's on my website that you're more than welcome to go through. It's very detailed. Take your time with it. Um, and we also have a private immersion program that's 12 weeks long where you work with me and Shahar privately and you go through our program. And as you go and you do the work, you see what sort of patterns come up for you. And then we come in, given those, given what has been brought up, and we help you through every single step to work through whatever your specific blockages you have. So that way you can create a, a future for yourself that is super sustainable, more effortless to maintain because you're just living the way a normal eater would. So in the beginning, right, when we're riding a bike, it's a little wobbly, right? When you have someone running alongside the bike with you saying, no, keep looking forward or keep pedaling, right? Then we're like, oh, now I'm doing it. Now I'm doing it. and eventually what happens is you just get on the bike and you just ride and you don't think about it. You don't think, oh, I need to pedal my left and then my right and then my left and then my, you don't have to think about it. It's normal. And that's how it is um, when it comes to normal, peaceful eating. So, and this, like I said before, to be super clear, anyone can do this. Anyone. Okay. Even if you've been struggling for years, the brain is malleable. The brain is changeable. This has been proven through neuroscience that we can change our patterns. We can change our beliefs. We can change our physiology by, by shifting, you know, physio we, we teach this in the free training that I just mentioned. We teach you how to shift your physiology. And then the brain actually has a chance to be able to follow. And then the brain starts to change and our thought patterns start to change. And when all of that changes and we're starting to embrace the identity of a normal eater, of a peaceful eater, that's when it's just be, that's the tipping point where it just becomes effortless. And now this is just your normal life. Um, just like how, you know, when you see those people who are like, how do they do it? They make it look so easy because it is easy for them. Right. And you can train. It's not something that you cannot, that's not accessible to you. You can do it. It's just a matter of knowing what you're doing. But when you know what you're doing, it is completely feasible, completely possible. Um, and if this is something that you'd like our help with, you're more than welcome to reach out and inquire about that, about our 12-week program. Um, but again, like I said, there are so many resources that we have. If you're, if this is all new to you and you're just sort of taking it in right now, we have lots of resources where you can go deeper into these concepts. And these are all available on our podcast and YouTube channel, on Facebook. Um, it's all available to you. So know that, friend, there is plenty of hope. Be optimistic about your future. Um, you are capable of developing all of these skills. We've seen it done many, many times with people who have been struggling for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, even 50 years with diets and binge eating. And it is possible to come out and to embrace normal eating on the other side. So I hope that you found this helpful and we'll see you tomorrow. Talk to you soon. Bye.